Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Hello and welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. My name is Sam Dover. I'm a category director for beauty and personal care here at Mintel. And today I'm joined by my colleague, Rebecca, to talk about all things social media influencer related. Influencer marketing is one of those things that Mintel clients ask us about a lot, who to partner with and what strategy to employ when creating this kind of content. And although there isn't a one size fits all approach, there are some big themes that come up time and time again. So with that in mind, myself and Rebecca are going to explore some of those themes in today's discussion. So to get us started, I will hand over to Rebecca to introduce herself. Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca McGrath, I'm Mintel's Associate Director for Media and Technology uh, and I write most of Mintel's UK content on media, which includes a lot of social media content and specifically uh, influencers as well. I've written reports uh, in this last few months about influencers uh, specifically. Amazing, thank you. So with that in mind, I think it's good to give a little bit of context about the influencer market, so to speak. So I feel like in my head, it's particularly competitive. It feels like there's more and more influencers on the scene than ever before. And so with that in mind, I'm really intrigued if consumers are actively engaging with influencer content. And also, are they, you know, what kinds of influencers are they following? Yeah, I think firstly, we kind of want to define what we think of when we're talking about an influencer. Um, so from Intel, we really think, we're talking about social media influencers, we're thinking uh, about people who are actively impacting purchasing decisions and our behavior. Uh, now that can be a broad range of people. You follow a lot of different people on social media. Um, and we sort of try to separate them off where you think about celebrities and traditional celebrities like you know, athletes and, and musicians who are famous for things outside of social media. And then you have the social media personalities that are really famous for their, their social media content, a YouTuber, an Instagram star. And those are the people I think we really want to get into here when we're thinking about influencers and you're right that like they're, as we just see more and more creators on these social media platforms gain really large followings, they're a huge source of entertainment and information for people. And therefore, we have seen they are having a real genuine impact on people's purchasing decisions across categories. You know, it's not just those fashion and beauty brands that people might associate with influencers. It's a broad range of um, categories, a broad range of sectors that we are seeing those influencers have genuine impact uh, and I would also say at the beginning of the pandemic there was this this narrative that we were going to disengage with influencers now that we were sort of that was superficial and we were we were moving beyond that um, and none of that true <laughs> none of that proved true uh, we spent more and more time on social media we engaged with these social media personalities and creators uh, more we're spending more time on them so this area of uh, the world, this area of marketing is only growing and sort of every brand really needs to engage with it more. Yeah, I swear some of the people that I follow on Instagram, I almost feel like I know what's happening in their lives more than I know some of my friends and family. It's, yeah, it's interesting. And as I say, I wouldn't always necessarily admit that they have an influence on me, but they definitely do. Um, 
that's so interesting because it's part of what I've really got into is that we need to move away from some of these negative stereotypes we have with influencers that we sort of class them as superficial when really like an influencer is, um, it can be someone that's only focused on creating content that like to make you purchase something. But the majority of them are people who are creating interesting, fun content that we, people want to engage with. They like it. You know, you like following these people. Uh, and you said you follow them for a long time. You know them really well. And that has far more influence than potentially like some celebrities that you don't engage with that, you know, very often. Um, but I just like, I always, trying to push people away from just thinking that uh, of like the most negative feelings about influencers and just like, no, they're, they're creators and many of them are very talented and they're a huge source of uh, in- entertainment for people. Yeah, definitely. And that leads me on to my next point quite nicely, which is looking at the idea of kind of relatability versus aspiration. So I think it's going to be really interesting to maybe hear from you what you think consumers are actually looking for from a content perspective. But before I hear from you, I want to, we're going to go to Emily Weiberg, who is an associate analyst in Mintel's UK retail team, who recently wrote a report on the impact of social media on retail. Retailers are having to adapt to how consumers digest content on social media platforms. And we have seen video, in particular, play a central role in creating meaningful content and deepening connections with customers. However, it's not just about creating videos with the highest production value, but also producing content that is relatable. 54% of social media users feel connected to brands that use everyday people in their adverts. So by showing real people doing everyday things, brands and retailers can make social media users feel more connected to both them and their products. A retailer that stands out in this space is M&S. A large part of the company's social media strategy is dedicated to using its employees for campaigns and new product launches. For its Christmas campaign last year, staff at its Romford store released a rap song that went viral on TikTok, while more recently an employee at its Northampton store attracted attention on social media for his Percy Pig dance routine that highlighted the launch of a new Percy Pig smoothie. So having individual social media accounts for 600 of its M&S stores means the retailer can tap into and connect more closely with local communities. It's also an excellent example of how retailers can empower local stores to present themselves more authentically and stand out by using everyday people who reflect both the communities they serve and the company's core values. This sort of approach will also become even more important as social commerce is set to grow, with social media giving retailers more exposure on their platforms through advertising content. But concerns around excessive advertising on social media remain a key barrier to the development of social e-commerce, something everyday influencers like these can help break down and help humanize retailers. So Emily obviously spoke there about the retail perspective and the impact of social media and, you know, influencer content on retail. But this idea of humanizing content is something that we've discussed in various influencer reports and content at Mintel. And it's something that comes up time again time and time again is the importance of striking the right balance between aspiration and relatability. So what do you think consumers are looking for? Well, I think when it comes to influencers and online creators, as we've said before, they're so broad that people will be looking for different things at different moments and different influences. uh, And the relatability is such 
a powerful point. But influence is offered at almost you know, a lot of the other more traditional marketing techniques have not been able to quite get at. But I think what it all comes down to, whether you're following someone because they're relatable or following someone because they're aspirational, it comes down to authenticity. And I think that's really one of those, the, the, it's the key to influencers and it's the, it's something that's growing, that expectation of authenticity. Cause now we're used to social media content. We're used to these, these advertising tactics that are used on us and we're pretty savvy about them and we're getting more savvy about them. And so when you, when you, get something that just doesn't feel right like this is not authentic what this per- this person's lying to me about their behavior they're lying to me about their interests they're lying to me that is the thing that's going to put you off so whether sort of you're really going to be that relatable influencer or you're sort of sort of as such showing off your fabulous life it has to be that you uh, like you, you really are authentic in what you're telling people uh, and that's for a brand seeking out an influencer that's the thing I would say above all that they should be seeking out yeah definitely and I think on that point I feel like if relatability is somewhat important and as you say that element of authenticity as well I feel like in my head that kind of leads on to diversity inclusion and the importance of diversity and inclusion in this space and so I think I'm interested to know what you think is happening in that space. Um, you know, are we seeing more brands working with a more diverse range of influencers? And also, like, are we, you know, is the, is, are we moving beyond that being tokenistic, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, as a cultural shift, we are, like, these discussions about inclusion and the importance of representation have sort of really have come to the fore in the last few years. And with influencers, that's, that's absolutely the case too. Brands are recognizing that they need um, to work with a broad range of people. Uh, and you know, there's some really interesting people out there. And this, I highlight an example of someone I follow, which is um, uh, Molly Burke. She's a, a blind YouTuber and she works with a lot of tech brands and um, cosmetic brands to talk about accessibility in, in their products. And I, I highlight her because I think they've worked really well about this actually being a partnership. They're learning from her as well. They're learning the information that she can give them and us as the viewers that we won't know from our life experience. And so to move you know, it away from tokenism has to come from these big brands in particular, working with people from diverse groups and really listening to them. They're being partnerships. They're being actual cooperation there rather than just, hey, read off this script because we think you're going to hit a different demographic than we already reach and we want to show that we're inclusive. You actually you know, show you're putting the work in as listening back about the ways that they can become genuinely inclusive. Um, so it's that becoming more collaborative. Again, because we just don't... We're, we're bored of knowing that someone's just reading off a script from a product that isn't actually that inclusive. Um, that's not what any of us want anymore. Yeah, definitely. I think, as you say, there's been some really interesting developments on that in beauty and personal care. You know, people really, like brands really starting to work with, as you say, like disabled influencers, you know, various different kind of the multifaceted elements of diversity and inclusion. And as you say, that kind of element of representation. And obviously it's great for to have that visibility and to have those kinds of people seen in kind of advertising and marketing and but also as you say going that step beyond feels like 
the kind of the next step within that as well so with that in mind I feel like I want to move the conversation on a little bit and I think one thing that we kind of again is something that's coming up time and time again with clients is the cost of living crisis and the impact that it has on essentially everything and so another thing that we've discussed in beauty and personal care recently is the idea that an income squeeze will encourage consumers to seek more validation and seek more ways to verify the products that they're buying to make sure that they're buying the right thing for their needs they're not going to waste their money on products that they're going to use once and then not use again because they were not right for them and so with that i think what we've said is that you know influencers will almost become more influential and more important in that kind of purchase journey so with that in mind i spoke to maddie malone who is a beauty and personal care analyst here at Mintel who also recently wrote our beauty influencers and educators report and so she discussed that topic a lot as well so here is what she had to say. For beauty, I think concerns around inflation will make beauty influencers even more relevant as buyers will become increasingly cautious around spending on products that aren't right for them. I think we'll see shoppers trying to make sure that the money they spend is worthwhile and I think this will create room for services that recommend value alternatives to premium products as consumers will look for new ways to save money. Tying into that too, there's an increasing focus on the relevance of medical experts within the beauty sphere. Influencers with a medical background have really been tapping into this opportunity. So for example, taking to social media platforms such as TikTok and Instagram to circulate knowledge and bust myths. Now we know that 39% of adults trust beauty and grooming advice from medical professionals. So there's real opportunity for brands to maximize on this trust. Advertisements or consultations with experts can really help retailers or brands translate browsers into buyers. So in terms of advertising, brands such as CeraVe are taking an active approach at democratizing medical information within skincare, partnering with dermatologists who offer education through social media outlets such as Instagram, Another brand that really stands out in this space is Skin and Me. So all of their products are dermatologically approved and the brand really makes its experts front of centre, providing a brief background on each member of its medical team on its website. I think as well, positioning at a competitive price point also means that the brand is allowing expert-based skincare to be more accessible, which is obviously really relevant given today's economic climate. So Maddie there spoke about the kind of broader definition of influencers, so including people such as online consultants in there, you know, as they become kind of influencers in their own right, which is hugely relevant in beauty and personal care. But again, I think her point here speaks to a broader theme, which is the growing influence of expertise um, on social media. So with that in mind, um, do you agree that an income squeeze will make a influencers more influential in that purchase journey but also i feel like there'll be a bit more scrutiny in terms of you know how able these influencers are to recommend products that people actually are going to want and use um and then or on top of that you know i'm interested rebecca to hear if you think there's any other ways the rising cost of living will impact influencer marketing yeah i think it's certainly true that uh that can make influencers more more crucial in different markets because uh, that that validation that expertise you're seeking and I think 
we'll see, especially for those influencers, really do have that expertise that really like have something to back up that they know these markets and they know what you should buy. Like say like a tech influencer, like, if you're going to make this big purchase choice, like you want to make sure this person really knows what they're talking about. Uh, so that uh, is true. I think there's the other side of it though, where during say the pandemic, e-commerce you know, took massive strides forward and that includes with influencers you know that people were making you know purchasing online more and more and that's fantastic for sort of influencer marketing but that that now people you know they're, they're more reticent to make purchases and certainly spontaneous purchases which you might get encouraged to do from an influencer oh they promoted this brand here's the link to that you know what that looks fun i'll get i'll get it that probably is a behavior people would curtail more because they, you know, much more cautious with their spending. So in that way, you know, offside of it, it can, some influencers might struggle a little bit. Um, well, they might see that harm a little bit. Um, and then the other side of it, it will sort of slow down this, uh, uh, the development we've seen in a couple of years of having like tipping features and having subscription options to, or to like back up a influencer's, um, uh, income stream and to bring in a bit more money. And that's certainly something more of the social media platforms have been incorporating. Um, that is you know, going to be a harder sell now to people. They're used to watching this content for free and they like someone, they're willing to support them, but not obviously if they're, if they're having to be much more cautious with their budget. So I think influencers are going to, going to see those, uh, sort of drop off a little bit or like struggle to really convince people to, to, you know, tip them or to buy merchandise or something like that. So, yeah, as with anything, the cost of living crisis has, you know, it's multifaceted in its impact on sectors. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because I'm glad you brought up um, subscription services and, you know, those kind of paid, um, when people pay for content from certain influencers, pay for kind of different levels and tiers of content. And I think what's really interesting about that is that is one way, I would imagine at least, to build a layer of kind of trust and build in that authenticity because you're obviously not necessarily it kind of takes the reliance off those brand partnerships and the income that influencers get from that so i think that kind of brings up a whole other discussion around you know what else can if that's going to be more challenging to kind of build an income stream that way that then as i say that's kind of removes a layer of uh, removes some you know an, an opportunity for influencers to kind of build that more authentic um and trustworthy content so is there anything else influencers can kind of do on that front well i think uh i think it's right because i think those subscription tiers like add not only they add a level of authenticity they a closer part relationship because you're like you're on part of the special group that follows these people and like they make content I'm sort of more aware of. So I think it, yeah, it, it sort of distanced you a little bit, um, potentially. You know, building trust is really like about being the, it's all those authentic, authenticity sort of ideas of you have to really actually genuinely like this product and use this product and customize your recommendations in your voice, not in the voice of a brand. And, because people will pick up on it if, it if it doesn't seem genuine, if you're not making it fun, if you're not making it your style. Um, I think because at the end of the day, I've always noted people recognize that the 
you might have to watch adverts to, to get free content. We understand that that's a, that's a dynamic. What people do not like is, is feeling like they're being duped or like manipulated. If we're in on it with them, we're more okay with it. Like we're like, oh, I understand this relationship. I think other trustworthy things to do is not over putting too much advertising in your influencer. Like the more advertising you have, the more pe- less people are going to trust that you care about any of these products. So you know, for an influencer, I'd recommend being really selective um, about who you partner with for multiple reasons. And if you're a brand working with an influencer, I would say, look how many other people they're at. Like what else are they advertising? How many adverts are they putting in their content? How many sponsored posts do they have? Because the more sponsored posts they have, the more less valuable your, your, your uh, specific one is um, and the less, less consumers trust that this is you know, not just... Yeah, advertising. Yeah, and on yeah, sorry. And on that note, I um, I think I always I would also say long term partnerships probably have kind of tell a nice story. Like I definitely know there's a couple of lifestyle influencers that I follow that I've seen have kind of long term relationships with beauty brands, and it makes me really it makes me more likely to believe that they're actually using those products and are actually buying into that brand as well, and really you know, they do trust and will use that on a regular basis. I, I, that could be me being very misled there, but I think there's there's an element in terms of those long-term partnerships feel a little bit more authentic and trustworthy. Um, and again, it's, it's down to those kind of disclaimers as well have probably had a huge impact in terms of when people have to say, I'm being, you know, paid to talk about this product. And also I would imagine allowing influencers to, talk about the good and bad because i think there's you know if if you kind of force influencers to be wholly positive about every aspect of your product although that's exactly what every brand wants i do also think you need to kind of allow them to you know say what the potential downsides could be i guess as well yeah i think that's that's all exactly right like those longer term partnerships you do like do believe then that there is at least more it's a more genuine feeling uh, and a good relationship and or, and we're seeing some brands obviously take that to the next level where they're really like forming collaborations and they might have a line that is very, you know, built in with some of the top uh influencers um which obviously feels much more authentic than than just sponsored posts um uh yeah so these these long-term these long-term partnerships is uh, very, very valuable and goes back to the idea of you, any brand working with influencers has to be really selective, uh, not only because of wanting to you know, have, get their audience involved, but also their, their branding. Influencer has strong branding now too. Uh, now they've logged and been online for you know, 10 years, if not longer. So who you're selecting to work with is going to reflect back on you potentially if they, get into scandals or they get into something negative as well like it really has to be a, a partnership now um they're not just a sort of a spokesperson like they are we know everything about their lives as you said before we know so much about them so it's just all comes down to the work that has to be done to make sure you're picking the right person yeah because again that is something that as i mentioned in the kind of introduction earlier it's something that clients come to us and ask us about on a regular basis essentially and i think it's it's such a challenging thing and i think it's one thing that you, you just have to kind of recommend that brands go out and find 
the people who are truly right for their brand don't follow them because you know we're kind of saying oh this person's got a lot of followers and this person creates interesting content it's really about finding those people who know and already love your brand and want to shout about your brand and just almost supporting them to create the right kind of content that's going to reach people yeah and on that uh, sort of the recommendations we've done of like seeking out micro influencers which have seen you know, much smaller followings but because they have really engaged followings that really listen to them uh, and you can find the right micro influencer who knows about your brand or the area you're working in that can be incredibly valuable and the thing we've also found in our research is people aren't put off if multiple influencers are chatting about the same brand like that isn't putting people off like you might expect it to say oh you know that i don't have to hear about this brand again but people aren't put off and we've seen some brands do sensational job working with influencers like hello fresh works with seemingly in my view everyone <laughs> i think you can't watch a can't watch a creator without seeing a recommendation for hello fresh at the end of it but that has been like hugely powerful for that brand and so yeah i would well, each brand has to have its own tactics and strategy. Like for a lot of them, working with a lot of smaller influencers, if you pick the right people, can um, be more, way more engaging than just picking like, oh, this person has a lot of followers, uh, which you know might not mean much in the end. Yeah, definitely. And I think that leads quite nicely onto the next point is I know I've spotted in your report, one thing that you talk about is the rise of live shopping and how that goes hand in hand with the need for creativity. So how important do you think it is for brands to give influencers creative freedom? I mean, it's, it's everything to give them creative freedom now, with, like within you know, a framework, obviously. But these people know what they're doing better than the brand does in terms of who their audience is, who, what kind of content engages people. This is their job, which is like what people really need to firmly believe about influencers. Like this is their job. This is, they know how to make engaging content. So it's for not just in terms of creating, making sure it seems authentic. And as you said, someone can say the positive and negative attributes of an influencer, but it's also just, they're probably going to produce better content than a, you know, a brand can decide, like can make in terms of reaching that audience. Cause you know, and it, the thing with influencer content is it's not reaching a mass huge sort of broad audience it's a very self-selected audience that it will be reaching particularly and they no one knows that audience better than the than the influencers themselves and i think live shopping is a really interesting trend you know it, the cost of living crisis might sort of slow that trend slightly but uh that is one where a brand has put a lot of trust in the influencer because it's you know it's live so way more variables come into play but Again, trust that they can allow that creativity, have, you know, create the best content to engage with that audience who really cares about them. And basically, to an extent, back off a little bit with letting brand, letting influencers just create that content and trust it's the person you know, that should be, should be recommending your brand. Uh, if you've you know, like said, done that legwork to make sure they are. Yeah, essentially, I guess if you want to have a really prescribed idea of, what kind of content and output you want from marketing, probably influencer marketing isn't the way you want to go, I guess. Yeah, then get an actor or a spokesperson. Like the, the real power of um, influencers is that they're you know, meant to be 
both relatable people, but also they just they just know how to create engaging content that people that their specific audience wants to wants to engage with. Yeah. So on that note, another really interesting thing we've seen is how influencer marketing can really breathe new life, so to speak, into certain categories and can really build and foster a sense of community. And we see lots of really interesting content coming through in categories that we wouldn't otherwise expect. And I think household is a really great example of that. So to hear more about that, we spoke to Amelia Tonacchini, who is a senior household and brand analyst. Here in Mintel's EMEA team. But here is what she had to say. The experience of the pandemic has drastically changed the way consumers see household care. From being base need repetitive activities, home care tasks have become part of personal care routines and activities more clearly linked to ideas of health and wellness. We have explored how household care brands can transition from hygiene to health and lifestyle brands in Mintel 2021 Household Care Trend, Safe Home Serving Home and the Future of Household Care 2022. This fresher approach to home care has created demand for more premium and glamorous household care products designed to upgrade the cleaning experience into moments of self-love and enjoyment. For example, US consumers saw the launch of home care brands Safely from Kiss Jenner and Home Core from Corny Cox. Both brands aim to blend beauty with home care via expertly crafted formulas enriched with fine fragrances and retail in elegant packaging. The household care market also saw the launch of brands created around the idea of parenthood and specially developed to address the health concerns parents might have in respect to household care formulas and components. The focus on the home environment and cleaning activities triggered by the pandemic also encouraged more people to share the cleaning hacks and follow the step of Lindsay Queen of Clean, habitual host of British TV shows, and Mr. Mrs. Inch, one of the most popular Instagram cleaning influencers with over 4 million followers to date. An example of the contemporary cleaning enthusiast is offered by the Clean Talk hashtag, which TikTok users are encouraged to use when creating home care related videos or looking for cleaning inspiration. Although after almost two years of cleaning, intense cleaning, consumers are showing signs of hygiene fatigue, the way household care is experienced has changed forever. Brands can build on the new glamour and allure home care features to promote a wellness-inspired approach to household care and become more creative in terms of partnerships and range extensions. For example, collaboration social networks with the scientific community can help brands reach new audiences and really address the growing demand for transparency and ingredient disclosure. At the same time, brands can explore the opportunities offered by modern pet love and increase focus on health via the development of premium pet focus ranges aligned with wellness trends and created to address pet owners' unique hygiene needs. So I think the the household example that Amelia just talked about, and I think, for example, the Mrs. Hinch effect is really the perfect example of how influencers don't just drive demand and don't just drive a change in behavior in those really obvious categories like fashion and beauty and even things like technology. We're actually seeing this kind of content have a real impact on a huge spectrum of different categories. So would you agree with that, Rebecca? And have you seen kind of similar things happen in other categories? Yeah, I think that's true. And it it speaks to the the point I made earlier about um, that not pigeonholing what you think of influencers are, uh, like influencers 
touch on everything as because social media content touches on everything and they are experts like truly experts in in a wide range of topics um and we're seeing therefore uh, impact happen on every sector including ones you don't necessarily impact expect i think one of the most interesting uh trends i've seen is the the book talk trend uh recently of like the impact that tiktok content has had on book sales um we're also seeing like tiktok's influence on music sales and this isn't necessarily like this is very consumer driven so it's the users of of, of tiktok but it, it just shows the impact if you can get someone who's influential on those platforms to recommend your product whether you're in books or household or um, music or other, just any sector really, that can have a huge impact. This is where people are finding out about products, including like all the products that they might never have heard of. You know, young people on TikTok finding about all the things that they didn't know about because they trust each other and they trust uh, their you know, favorite influencers, their favorite creators. And um, so no sector should feel that influencers and online creators are irrelevant to them. Um, all of them have to now be paying attention and that's only going to grow as each generation gets older, more engaged in social media worlds, like no, no brand can be overlooking uh, their importance. No, definitely. We've seen some nice, interesting examples in beauty. I think the, I feel like sales of Dove's very traditional cleansing soap bar um has done really well with a new generation of users because a load of um people on tiktok were shouting about it and similar we've seen kind of um derma skincare so brands like sarah v who have been around for ages have got a new kind of lease of life and have got a new kind of consumer basis consumer group just off the back of platforms like tiktok and people shouting about how these products are tried and tested and they really work and that's why they've been around for you know a long time and i think that's again it's adding a new excitement to products which might traditionally have not really been seen as the kind of the sexiest or the most exciting skincare products out there but actually as you say it's it's about kind of finding that you know changing perceptions and you know people sharing their real life experiences with a huge range of different types of products yeah and i I love that the dub soap bar example (laughs) like because what's fascinating particularly by tiktok which is very trend driven very collaborative content people are very responsive to each other just the how quickly a trend like suddenly out of nowhere sort of seems to take off um and particularly on tiktok with skincare i feel like because it's slightly more authentic on authenticity based than say Instagram, which is a more curated and stylized like place. Um, but yeah, so the Dove one is fantastic. It's about how brands have to be quick to respond to that suddenly might get a lot of attention <laughs> um, that they didn't necessarily see coming and how a brand uh, sort of gets in on the trend without also looking like that, you know, trying to get in on a joke or getting something that where it's going to feel silly. And that's where, having people who work at these brands who really understand these cultures, like actually are TikTok users, they understand the culture of these places, they, what might take off, what's going to work. Like that it has to be, people are aware of it's clearly a brand who's, you know, late to the party <laughs> trying to get in on the joke or trying to get in on the trend or whatever it might be. Um, 
and that never works. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so essentially, yeah. Find, find some people who know what they're doing and find yeah, some people. Who... <laughs> not not mind blowing insight there, but yeah, uh, make sure you have people that really know how to use these platforms. Like they are TikTok users because um, people will figure it out if they're not. So now I want to move the conversation on a bit and think about the future of influencer marketing and so with that in mind I don't think we can talk about the future of influencers without talking about virtual influencers so I'm really keen I know we've got research on this I'm really keen to hear from you Rebecca you know are virtual influencers the future of influencer marketing are consumers engaging with them and what value do they offer brands so in my influencers report, the uh, one of the things that was most uh, intriguing to me and almost surprising was the interest that there is in virtual influencers. Um, I asked people who uh, follow influencers uh, whether they'd be interested in following a virtual influencer and 45% were interested, which was higher than honestly I was expecting because you expect people to be put off of something that you know isn't is fake maybe isn't um uh yeah you expect it kind of goes against some of the ideas you have of the relatability and the authenticity that an influencer can offer um but that interest is there and and already we see some particularly luxury brands using influencers uh, virtual influencers which are to to make it clear they're fake sort of digital created images and they're using particularly to create images of beautiful women and use them in their marketing and being upfront that it's a virtual influencer. And while that's a bit gimmicky right now, our research shows that there is openness to the concept. And as we go on to thinking about the metaverse and all the potential that we're speculating about what that could potentially be one day, uh, that obviously holds a lot of potential for how virtual influencers would be used by brands, a lot of exciting potential because a virtual influencer could be made to look and do anything um, that, that a brand would want them to. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, exciting potential there. It's in a way, it's funny because as we talk about authenticity and we think about um, you know, wanting people to be real and you know, not having edited images and all that kind of thing, what we're also seeing with virtual influencers, in a way, they both are authentic. We're not an edited image of a person that's meant to be real is less authentic than someone that just we know is not real. We know that's a fake person. We know that's a digital image. You know, that's an avatar. Whatever those, and so you can kind of, in a way, the the trend will go both directions. We'll see uh, people putting out more content that they're like, this is unedited. This doesn't have filters. This is really me. And I'm recommending a product. And then the other side of it, brands get to engage with virtual influencers that are obviously fake, made to do and look however they want them to be. Uh, and that's another side. So we're going to see in a way it potentially splits, uh, but both ways would be more authentic than sort of this middle ground we have right now where people don't know what what someone really looks like or how you know um, a product really works on them. And I think it's quite funny how they're, they're two very different developments, but ultimately speak to the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And it, as you say, it's such a surprising stat that people are interested in it. Because as you say, you kind of naturally get a, a layer of skepticism that kind of comes through where you go, well, you know, it's just another 
brand activation that you know why do I need that why do I want that but as you say that interest in it is so interesting and so something to definitely pay attention to I think it speaks to the idea uh, of not being in on it with someone being in on it with the brand being in on it with the influencers if we know it's fake then we're with them if someone is pretends they're this is what they look like, but actually they're highly edited. That's We're not in it with them. You're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and uh, consumers are you know, pushing back against that more and more. Yeah, it's the transparency aspect, isn't it? Because I remember having this conversation recently about how when you're following people on, not to bring it back to beauty, but again, and to bring it back to skincare, you see all of these kind of discussions from influencers and celebrities in particular, and you always see them talking about, you know, the products they use and the routine that they use, but you know deep down underneath all of that that they're having a whole load of, you know, professional very expensive treatments that the average consumer can't kind of use to complement their everyday skincare routine and so with that you kind of know that you're probably never going to achieve the amazing results that they're achieving because you haven't got access to the whole thing so it's that that transparency of influencers going this is my routine but actually i'm supporting it with xyz as well that is the kind of thing that consumers are really craving um so again it's just to bring it back to that idea of transparency and being really open and honest about what this content is and you know what brands are trying to achieve with it yeah we've seen we certainly all know of celebrities that have got in trouble because they're doing their routine but quite blatantly not and that's the thing with social media content you know versus an advert a tv advert back in the day it's right there and everyone can scrutinize it forever so they're going to note if you're not actually you know using this product uh, but pretending you are they you're, you're going to get found out because you know social media content exists there for every and every people will scrutinize it it's uh, not not the same as uh, a TV advert at all. So we're definitely running out of time now, but before we wrap up, I want to round up and kind of give people the kind of key recommendations or things that we want them to remember from this conversation. So I'd normally do this myself, but I'm going to throw it out to you, Rebecca, since you're the star of the show. Um, so if you had three kind of recommendations or things you wanted people who were listening to remember from this episode, what would they be? I think for me, uh, the, the main point is sort of authenticity above all, that consumers are getting more savvy uh, about sort of influencer tactics and therefore you're going to be found out and it's not going to work as well if you're just not authentic in, in how you use influencers. Uh, and related to that then is having to put the work in, having to put the work in as a brand to find the influencers that really represent you, that are going to be believable, that are going to be authentic and that people uh, with, with consumers and followers who really are engaged with their content. So not taking the obvious choices all the time and really putting that work in. And then finally, for all brands, the idea of broadening the view of what an influencer is. Uh, we still have potentially quite negative views and stereotypes of influencers, but really a lot of them are very talented online creators who are experts in fields and have an impact across every sector. So yeah, take away that traditional view of influencers and really think about their scope of what they are. 
Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. I've just got a couple of points to add on the end that I think I want us to go back to that idea that we spoke about in terms of transparency. So being really, I know obviously there's kind of rules and regulations in place that mean people have to be more transparent than ever before already. But I think there's still more that can probably be done on that scope. And then on top of that, I think with that and almost going hand in hand with that is this idea that, you know, really think about who you're working with, as you just said, but also thinking about forge those long term partnerships, find people to really collaborate with, as opposed to just kind of giving them a kind of script to to work from, really work with them Um and really explore that idea of collaboration. I think that's something that I found really interesting from today's conversation. So on that note, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining me, Rebecca. And also thank you to Maddie, Emily and Amelia for contributing to the episode with their thoughts on influencers. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, then please head over to Mintel.com and follow us on social media. Um, We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And also check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. And if you are lucky enough to be a Mintel subscriber, please do take a look at our um, global cross-category and category-specific influencer reports we have lots of them um so on that note thank you for again for listening please make sure you subscribe rate and review this podcast and if you like what you've heard today please do spread the word and look out for our next episode of mintel's little conversation 